All right, let's welcome in Sportsnet 650 in Vancouver and Sportsnet 960 in Calgary. It's the real Kipper and Bourne show on Sportsnet 360. Are you waving to radio there, Bourne? Well, there is a camera here that I figured I was like, well, I'll acknowledge it. Is that weird? Hello. I can't. I can't uh, rifle off all the places that we're on like I did in the first block. Canada. Can I, can I'm I exhausted. You, Kipper, I got to be honest. When we first came in here today, you had a little look of like nervousness to you. I was like, I haven't seen this from Kipper before. And you came in here and I was wondering like maybe, and you Nailed. just crushed it. Sure. I hate to blow smoke up your you know where, but like, man, I've been I red mean, hot you, to start. You've seen me miss two footers. Okay. <laughs> you know me. It takes a lot of effort to dial up the machine. Uh, totally. Yeah. No, you crushed Totally. It. And then probably still in the next uh, few weeks, uh, check your listings because baseball will yeah. throw a curveball every once in a while mm. and where you can find us. But uh, for the most part, uh, we're somewhere. We're, yeah, you'll We're find always us. on Sportsnet Plus. All right, this go. hour uh, brought to you by Bet365. As far as spreading the love nationally, the biggest story, guys, has to come out of Winnipeg, where both Connor Hellebuck, their star goaltender, and Mark Shifley have agreed to seven-year extensions that carry an AAV of $8.5 million on a scale of 1 to 10. Where was your surprise face? Uh, nine? Like, really, really surprised. I was like, are these guys Taves and Kane? Ten out of ten. Yeah. I, I mean, I one thing I will say, and this is not meant to be a knock, but, like, if you ask people the perception of Winnipeg among players around the league, it's not going to be in the top quartile, whatever, of their favorite places to choose. So you have to keep your good players. That's just the reality. You have to keep your good players. They're good players. This team made the playoffs last year. Uh, you know, I feel like they did what they had to do to keep good players. Do I like the numbers? Do I want to give 30-year-old Mike Sh- uh, Mark Shifley eight and a half for seven more years? Absolutely not. Shifley's coming off of a 42-goal season. Uh, Sammy, mm-hmm. has he had, he's had one or two 30-goal seasons. I mean, obviously, do, do, we, do we consider him a legit 40-goal scorer? based on the season he had last year? Because I'm not sure I'm ready to give him that. He has broken 30 yeah, 38. twice, twice yeah. uh, before the 40. But the bigger thing, but Kip, is that he's like he's an 80-point like 80 ceiling guy. Was he 78 points or something last year? Yeah, like, his career high in points is 84 in 18-19. So we're, he, ta- we're talking about a one-dimensional yeah. guy. Who, go ahead. Oh, go, Yeah, go ahead. One-dimensional guy. He doesn't defend. You know, one of the... Not a great, you know, two-way player who you're looking for him to score and get points, but he doesn't get much more than 80 points in a year. 80 points one way, eight and a half million till you're 37. Oh, listen, he... I don't know, bud. He couldn't sign fast enough. <laughs> he was like, for how long? But, yeah, yeah. But wasn't there Somebody like a Sharpie last year? Like, wasn't it all but done that he wasn't going to be there anymore? And I my guess when they... I guess when, enemy. I guess when they put money that... Saw, <laughs> here's saw, the money. I'll be that money. I hate your guts in the worst city in yeah. the world. Sign it. Yeah. The, the one is Connor Hellebuck with his, I just want to win. I just want to go somewhere I can uh, compete. I will win a Stanley Cup in my career, he said. I will win a Stanley Cup. I, uh, if, if you look at Winnipeg, uh, where, where are they trending, Sammy? Like, take a look at their salary cap. Go to the... I think they made a great trade. Go for to, the, go to cap on Friendly. 
They did make a great trade for Pierre I, I actually do, too. I think they're going to be better with Velarde and Ayafalo and tell me, uh, tell me what that, Sammy, look at Cap Mid. unfriendly and tell <laughs> I'm, me. I'm heading there. I'm on where, my way. Where you see the defense in a year for Connor Hellebuck. Because the last time I checked, so looking there was at a Morrissey, few... Schmidt, Pionk, Dylan, Demello, Sandberg, yeah. and and who's UFA and who's sticking around for the next two years? Dylan uh, Demello and Brandon Dylan are gone. Yeah, well, they're UFAs. Yeah, and so they'll have Josh Morrissey, Nate Schmidt, and Neil Pionk. One, from, more se- one more and season. Dylan Sandberg. One more season yeah. each. So like this season and one more. They have yeah. they each have two seasons left. Yeah. yeah, they're they're gonna have to. Yeah, they're gonna have to sign some. Some long-term and contracts. Morris, he's and the guy who got himself into the Norris conversation. What a contract well, He's that their is. cheapest. They got him 6.2 That's an excellent contract. It is. We're going to welcome in um, Sean Reynolds momentarily, sports reporter in Winnipeg, and uh, he's going to give us uh, a deeper dive into this signing and what it means uh, for that fan base. He's also in Pittsburgh, if I'm not mistaken, oh, yeah. to cover yeah. Connor Bedard and Sid Crosby uh, for that big game. So it's a big deal, man, to have Connor Bedard open up against Sid. Like it's yeah. super. I don't know exciting. if you guys saw. I tweeted this yesterday, but the career starting schedule for Connor Bedard: he is in Pittsburgh against Sidney Crosby, then back to back against the Boston Bruins the next okay. night. Yeah. Then he goes to Montreal in the Bell Center on Saturday night for then, their hockey night. Then in here, Canada. right? Then he comes to Toronto. Four games on the road, Montreal, Toronto, uh, Monday yeah. night. Then he goes to play the Colorado Avalanche in Colorado. Then goes home to play Vegas. And then after that, they got Vegas, then Boston. Oh, my God. Welcome Are they going 0-8? The- like, are they going to win one? They might go 0-8. I guess I mean, the Habs. The yeah. Habs are not going Let me back. just add, um, between now and next Monday, when Connor Bedard comes in to play the Toronto Maple Leafs, if you guys are on your best behavior, <gasps> I, will, I will take you to the Leaf oh Alumni my. Box. Oh what? boy, you yes. know, you know they serve salmon in there. Kipper, are you gonna take me in there? That just seems like <laughs> I, I, guess, I guess they put me, I guess, I guess they put me on TV. <laughs> now, you can take me there. <laughs> now as celebrity salmon. Oh god. Oh god. All right, as promised, Sean Reynolds, Sportsnet reporter, uh covering the Winnipeg Jets, but also in Pittsburgh. Sean, thanks for doing this, man. Are you ready to go? Oh, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. I like this as a warm-up, too. This is great. Thanks for having me on. Okay, before we get into uh, the, the Connor Bedard uh, mania, um, just your initial thoughts on the signing, uh, the Mammoth signing, and, you know, where was this on your radar? It, it was not on my radar. I, I, I did not see this coming. I know that I talked to a couple former players uh, about how Connor Hellebuck and Mark Shifley had handled their uh, preseason uh, meetings with, with the media and about they, the way they talked about it. And a lot of players have told me, like, the things that they said is, is exactly what I would have said if I was getting ready to head out of town. So that's what I was expecting. So this is an absolute bombshell. And, I mean, it, it, nothing's easy when you look at the Winnipeg Jets because you should look at this and say, look, they just locked down one of the top three, maybe the best goaltenders, in the NHL, and they did it for seven years at $8.5 million. They just got a uh, number one center who scored 40 goals last year, who was one of the most consistent point-per-game producers over the previous seven years in the NHL before that for $8.5 million. It sounds like a complete and total home run. The problem is they're re-signing two players who have been here the whole time. The Winnipeg Jets are no better today than they were two days ago. And this is a team that saw its fortunes continually decline since 2018. 
to the point that they missed the playoffs two years ago, came so close to missing the playoffs last year. So on one hand, it's phenomenal because in a city like Winnipeg, you just don't expect guys like this to stick around. So to get them to stay and re-up in Winnipeg is absolutely huge. But this is not a sign of change in Winnipeg. And if they want some to get a different result than they've been getting the last couple of years, something is going to need to change. It won't be this. So, Sean, what do you see as the range of outcomes for this Jets team this year? Because you mentioned that those guys are the same, but there were some significant you know, uh, amount of new bodies coming in with the Dubois trade. I look at that division, uh, you know, Arizona, Chicago, St. Louis, Nashville, like it feels like a division they can at least be competitive in. Where do you see the the Jets sort of range of outcomes this season? Well, to to cut right to the chase, I mean, I I have them finishing in in ninth spot. Uh, I think things are, are getting strong. Again, in the Pacific, um, I think it seems like Colorado is still holding on. I think Dallas is going to win the Central. All our picks are out, so we, we've all seen that. Minnesota, who I had doubts about in years past, has played a consistent enough game over the last number of years that I kind of think we know who they are, and they made a late run at winning the Central last year. Uh, so I think it's hard for the Jets to get into that top three, and there's potential for a team like Calgary, who I think has more ability to turn around this season than the Jets do to kind of jump ahead of them. And then you've got teams like Nashville who are slowly getting better and nipping at the Jets' heels. So uh, I, it, it all really depends on which Jets team shows up because as we all know, the Jets were in first place in the entire conference uh, as of January last year. And then they almost had the biggest collapse in NHL history. Clearly, they seem to be at war in the room with their coach, uh, they've made some changes. They bought out Blake Wheeler. He was clearly a looming figure in the dressing room uh, by the end of the year last year. Pierre Dubois made no bones about it. And Kipper, you were one of the first guys on this, or definitely one of the most consistent guys on this. Pierre Dubois wanted out, so that's something to deal with. So does the loss of Wheeler, does getting PLD out, a guy who wanted out, clear the deck enough for these guys to start feeling better and maybe being more like what we saw at the beginning of the, uh, from them at the beginning of the year last year compared to the end. It's just, like I said, nothing is easy in Winnipeg. You kind of never know who's going to show up, Dr. Jekyll or Mr. Hyde. You know, the big, the big narrative out of Connor uh, Hellebuck was wanting to win a Stanley Cup, competing, uh, all, all of that. Uh, is there a sense that, you know, there were promises made to him on how competitive they'll remain or the money that's going to be spent moving forward. Uh, we know that the defense is led by Josh Morrissey, but outside of that, it's really hard to tell what that blue line may look like in, in two years from now. Yeah, uh, I would say most definitely the, the organization. I mean, the organization stood fast here at a time where it looked like the only real option that the Jets was going to have was to rebuild. And they stood firm and said, we're not rebuilding, we're retooling. They showed that in the trade they made for Pierre-Luc Dubois. And I think they've shown that they're going to keep pushing to try and win a Stanley Cup by making these two signings. And I always thought this was interesting. Connor Hellebuck has been saying this to me for years now. And for him at this stage, it's not about you know, the Vezna, it's not about trophies. It's, it's about winning the Stanley Cup. And I remember when the word was coming out that he wanted, you know, maybe 10 million north of 10 million on the market. I thought, you know, based on what we've seen with some of the other goalies who signed $10 million contracts, it's starting to look like the $10 million goalie experiment 
um, has failed, right? And so those are almost conflicting statements, right? I want to win a Stanley Cup, but I want to get paid $10 million. They, they kind of clash with each other. So these two players coming out afterwards and saying they both feel that they left money on the table to give the Jets enough money and flexibility to go out and bolster their roster tells me that behind the scenes they've been told, listen, we'll leave money on the table as long as you use it to go make us a better team. Uh, the Jets have said this uh, all along from the time they came back in 2011. If they feel they've got a shot at the Stanley Cup, they will spend as much money as it takes to do that, as much money as they are allowed to spend. So I'm sure those same promises were made to both Connor Hellebuck and Mark Shifley. Last one on the Jets. I know Kipper wants to ask a bit about the Chicago game tonight. I just wanted to get your sense for if this Jets team has moved, have moved past whatever that sort of grumpiness and conflict seemed to be. Like Rick Bonus, nicest guy in the world. Not real pleased with his team at the end of last season. Blake Wheeler, kind of grumpy at times. Uh, Dubois, not happy. You know, does this, has this been enough? Has the, the changes made this team, has given it the fresh start it needs, Sean? It seems like there's a happiness around the Winnipeg Jets at training camp so far, uh, but I mean, not an elation or anything <laughs> like that. I, I, I think that it's, I think that it's, it's, it's a great question. Um, I, 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 I I had thought last year when it looked like the team was going to war in the media with its head coach who had called, who had called them out and, you know, kind of like unapologetically. So I know that Rick Bonus said that he, when he said disgusted, it was too harsh of a word, but he said, I'll take that word back, but everything else I said stands. So this was a coach that called out his team, said they weren't good enough, said they didn't try hard enough. The team pushed back against that. I didn't think that Rick Bonus was going to survive that. So the fact that he's back in Kipper, again, I always love talking to you about things like this. Like, I wonder from a player's perspective if you think you're going to get in an argument with this guy and then that's it, he's going to be out the door. And all of a sudden he's back. And that's the thing about Rick Bonus. Rick Bonus really is this kind of methodical, slow, energizer bunny where he just keeps coming back at you. He just keeps coming with the same message. He just keeps plaguing you and saying, I need you to do this. I need you to do this. And I think what we're seeing right now is maybe over the summer, over parts of last year, a little bit of a war of attrition where Rick Bonus is saying, you are not going to outlast me. I'm going to stand here in your face. I'm going to keep asking you to do the right thing until you do the right thing. If he can get them to do that, we saw early last year what they're capable of when that happened. And I think if you're a, a Jets player, at some point you got to say, he's not going anywhere. We know that we did something with him last year that worked. Let's just get back to doing that. One more for me on the Jets before we move it on to Chicago. And that is that, you know, Sean, we talked on this a lot last year is uh, the lack of being able to sell tickets, uh, no, no, no sellouts. Uh, a, a large portion of the season last year. Yeah. Does the news of these two guys coming back rejuvenate the market? Does it transcend into ticket sales? Does it turn a fan base from doom and gloom to something that they can really look forward to and pay for it? Yeah, you know, there was this window that was created. Everyone's contract with Blake Wheeler, Connor Hellebuck, Mark Shifley, all these main players on the Winnipeg Jets. Back in 2018, when it looked like they were ascending to the top of the NHL, they created this window that was supposed to end at the end of this year. And so there was all this excitement. And then I think what you started seeing over the years is that as things weren't working and the team was kind of plummeting a little bit, there was a sense of doom that was coming with, well, it's not working and we're going to lose these players at the end of this. 
I can see from responses that we've had on our podcast and responses that I've heard from the fans of people, like it means a lot to people in Winnipeg that star players like this decide to spend their entire career in Winnipeg. That's what it looks like is going to happen. So I can see, you know, the fans kind of giving back for that. If the Jets can come out and, and, and prove it on the ice, I think that's really going to work. But I do at this stage think the one thing, I'll bring this back to the first thing I said about this, is this isn't change. And what's been happening with the Winnipeg Jets has increasingly not been working over the years. So something needs to change. Now, whether it's whether it can be done, guys, with attitude, you know, Blake Wheeler being gone, a different attitude, Rick Bonus getting something different out, maybe that's possible. But, you know, if, if, there's, if there's no change here and there's not a change in the results, I can still see the frustration of fans and make it hard to sell tickets if they really aren't putting up wins in the win column. All right, Sean, so it's, you're in Pittsburgh tonight for Connor uh, Bedard's NHL debut. Set the stage yeah. a little bit there. Are people excited? What is sort of the vibe in Pittsburgh as they're awaiting what people are calling, you know, a kid that people are calling kind of the next Sidney Crosby to set the bar way too high for a kid, if I may? Yeah, no no doubt. I mean, everything that we're talking about with this guy is like, you know, you walk into the league and you don't just need to survive your first uh, NHL game. You need to survive it with tags on your shoulder, like generational scorer, you know, and franchise player and all of these different kind of things. The league sets it up. So his idol growing up, who's gone through this before and was that same, you know, potential generational scorer, franchise type player. He's seeing him across the way. So they've really like loaded the pressure onto Connor Bedard's shoulders here. An interesting city to do it in. I mean, the city of Pittsburgh has seen more than its share of, you know, really exciting NHL debuts. You know, you've got Mario Lemieux come through here in 84. Of course, Sidney Crosby coming through in 2005. Now they get to see this. Uh, I'll just say this about Connor Bedard. At every single stage, he's, you know, had challenges put in front of him, and he's crushed it, right? Like, he leads the CHL in scoring last year. He was, you know, the best 17-year-old we've ever seen at the World Junior Tournament, if not the best individual performance we've ever seen at that tournament before. He went in with all kinds of pressure on him. In the preseason, he goes out and he leads the Chicago Blackhawks in scoring, puts up more than point, a point a game in the preseason. The one thing I take away from him is I talked to him after he was drafted at the draft a couple times other than that earlier on today. He just handles this so, so well that it almost seems like he's like sloughing it off. But then you hear his head coach, Luke Richardson, say behind the scenes, this guy just craves the big moments. And, and I think that's one of those things that makes a player like that special. Like he wants it bad, but he doesn't let himself get carried away with wanting it too bad that he loses control of himself. One of the things that makes this guy great beyond his skating, beyond his shot, is just the control that he has over his emotions, the way he's able to push himself without pushing himself too far. So it's going to be interesting to see what he can do in this first game. I know there's a lot of people who are talking about big debuts in the past, and he said, look, I'm just trying to be Connor Bedard. You know, yeah, I know Austin Matthews went out and got four goals in his first game. Uh, I know that there's probably some other players who never hit that lofty standard. So if I don't, I think I'll be just fine, right? He handles this very, very good for an 18-year-old. He is wise, wise beyond his ears. Whether or not we see one, two, or three goals tonight or matches Austin Matthews. Can this guy over the course of the next 82 games hit numbers that 
over-unders are talking 35-40. Is it with the likes of Taylor Hall and Seth Jones setting them up? Yeah, I mean, this is a tricky one here. I thought it was uh, having those players and adding Taylor Hall, I think, is really important. A, because Taylor Hall was a pretty hyped number one pick coming out as well, so he can help him a little bit with this. But, I mean, if you take a look at the guys who did succeed, right, Austin Matthews comes out, and he, you know, had a pretty decent support system in place when he finally started up with the Leafs. And if you take a look at a guy, you know, like Sidney Crosby we're talking about, you know, his first assist is on uh, a goal by Mark Recchi in his first game. Mark Recchi, a top uh, 20 scorer of all time. Mario Lemieux is on that team as well. Like, when you take a look around at the guys who were kind of on teams that were really devoid of help, you, you kind of got to go to a guy like Connor McDavid. Yes, Leon Dreisaitl was there, but Leon Dreisaitl wasn't the version of Leon Dreisaitl that we're seeing right now. Um, and, and I take a look at a guy who doesn't have a, a lot of help and, and it crushes a lot of guys. A lot of guys with potential really fall under the weight of being the only guy that the other team has to focus on. And while I think, you know, like you said, Seth Jones, he's a significant player. Taylor Hall, he can help as well. But I still do think that teams are really going to be able to focus on Connor Bedard. I'm not saying that he's not going to be able to hit some pretty good heights. I think he's a really good player. I think we're going to be impressed with him this year regardless. But I, I do think that's one of the things that's really set Connor McDavid apart uh, is that he's come in and really been able to do what he's been able to do from the very beginning without help. He's just been a riddle that no one has been able to solve since day one. Can Connor Bedard walk in and be a riddle no one is able to solve? Uh, I mean, based on his pedigree and what he's done leading up to this, we shouldn't be surprised if he did. But this really hasn't happened a lot to too many players throughout the history of the NHL who don't have help and don't land in a good situation. And I don't necessarily think his situation in Chicago is the best. Sean, really appreciate your time on our show as always. Uh, and enjoy it tonight, the debut of Connor Bedard uh, that can be seen on Sportsnet at 8 p.m. Eastern. Thanks for doing this. Anytime, guys. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, Sean. Okay. Give me a number for Connor Bedard. Hold on. Before we get into that, how does Bonus come back from what he said last year? That he's disgusted with his I team. have. I am so disappointed and disgusted right now. Yeah. That's my thoughts. No pushback. It's the same crap we saw in February. As soon as we were challenging for first place and teams were coming after us, we had no pushback. Uh, you know, their, their players were so much better than ours. It wasn't even close. Oh, how, how, it doesn't matter, Kippy. It doesn't matter. It doesn't Listen, matter. I don't mind if a coach says that to me. I don't need him saying it to the... We stunk. To Luke Fox. We it, stunk. How about that? Yeah. Don't look in yourself in the mirror and just say we stunk. And he's not that wrong. And we come back fresh. We feel good. It, don't be so sensitive, Sammy. You know, well, I, you know, you're right. I am a sensitive guy. You know that. God, but like, you know get that. some thicker skin and just call it. So it doesn't so, matter. No, just use it. Just use okay. it to fuel your fire to be better. And you can. It's a, it's a clean slate right now. Mm-hmm. Your new contracts with two of your top players are in place. Mm-hmm. It's everybody should feel rejuvenated and refreshed and le- let it sit there. But let it fuel your fire moving forward. I, I, I've got no problem with, with Rick Bonus no, being I, in that moment and saying those words. They're harsh, but it's over, man. 
I also think it becomes clear that he's talking about Blake Wheeler and maybe Dubois a little bit yeah. there, guys who are gone. When you look at this summer, Blake Wheeler signed for $800,000, like near league minimum, mm-hmm. and Shifley gets a new eight-year, or 8.5 times seven-year contract. Like, they internally, Shirley Sheveldayoff talked to Bonus and said, was he the problem? They don't think it's him. Yeah. So I guess if you're Bonus, you can say, it was the other guys. Yeah, I was, I was talking about well, those. You. Yeah. I was talking about You're those great. guys. You scored 42 times, and I'm out of you. All right, so you mentioned the other thing, so this yes. is a perfect time for me to tell you that. It's, it's game time, presented by Bet365. Visit the app for the latest odds and find out why it's never ordinary to bet at, three, at Bet365. Must be 19+, plus, Ontario only, play responsibly, and the goal total. Mm. You were mentioning some over-unders yes. there to Sean. The goal total on um, on Bet365 for Connor Bedard is set at 31.5. And it's pretty even odds on both sides of it, under and over. What, I, what, I, to me... Solo. Oh, he's going to be... I, like, I'm so high on this. Like, I think he could score 50. Oh, my God. Yeah. What? Yeah. I just... He's so good. And guys that are that good, they're just always that good. Like, he's like a Connor McDavid. He's a Sidney Crosby. He's on that level. Kids are free. He, he's going to be... In, like, I think he's going to be over 40 and close to 50. I got him under 40. Under 40? Yeah. Mm. I think he but could, still hardly over 31 and a half then. I am over 31 and a half. I probably would think 36, 37. Imagine and he plays 82 he is, and gets 18. He's like, talented and, and as good as you think and say. Mm-hmm. I think his shot is... He's to what shooting the puck is to what what uh, what McDavid is to skating. Oh yeah, yeah. At his age, I've never seen anything like it. The it's puck the same just thing with Matthews, jumps. where the kid pulls in the you know pulls the puck a foot towards his feet before he shoots, and goalies are baffled. But here's my but: oh. is that a lot of the stuff is individually based? Mm-hmm. Like, go back and look at a lot really? of his. Go, go back and look at a lot of his goals, including the World Juniors, and it is just a solo effort. Yeah, you can't do that in the NHL. But you, he can on occasion. Sure. But we're talking about over 82 games. Like there, There's going to be some lulls where he's just physically, mentally, and emotionally spent this year, and he's already gone through a ton of it, carrying the organization already on his shoulder, and the season hasn't even started. What's going to be left of this guy? I- by January or February, Kipri, I don't think he thinks about any of that stuff. He just—he's just that good that he just—he's it comes natural. Like Sean was saying, how much he just talking to him, he just seems like he belongs. He's just—he is he's just that, that good. good, but he's also that human too. Mm. These guys are. My thought goes right to Matthew Nyes, who you know played a few games for the Leafs in the regular season. I think seven in the playoffs. Immediately was a guy you had to have in your top six, and how effective he was, and whatever. But the NHL is a hard league, mm-hmm. and people hit. He got hit a lot. I know Bedard is not going to get hit as often. Likely, it's a regular season. He's a sneaky fella, but it's hard. So, like to me, the line is: Does he get hurt or not? Because I have him yeah. at forty-two goals. Yeah. I think he's well past thirty-one and a half. I'll, I'll probably bet that. In fact, mm. but it's thirty-one and a half slow. But is he going to play eighty-two games? He's not frail. He's a strong kid. Well, I mean, I mean he's, he's, he's got Matthew Nice, right? Like he's six-three, two twenty, and but, it happens. I got one more for you. Two games. Yeah. One more. One more for you. Over uh, Alex Ovechkin, uh, who's still chasing Gretzky. Obviously, his goal total set at forty and a half. Pretty even odds on both sides of it. Over or under. Hammering the under. Hammering. Interesting. No, I'll take him at forty. 
So he's 40 and a half. So you're under. So you're going slight under. Goal. You're in? No, I'm, I'm in. I'm, I'm, I'm over. <laughs> you're over. Oh, so you're yeah, going 41. Over. 41 goals. 41. I have, I'm on like yeah. year six of betting against Ovi. One of these times it's going to come through, yeah. but I don't. The Caps are going to stay. They might guys. suck. <sighs> I don't. That uh, matters. Listen, uh, Washington, uh, Islanders, yeah. and Pitt. Yeah. Is there any way definitively to to say for sure? Oh, I don't have Pitt in that group. Stinking or or making a playoff run. I, I don't have Pitt and that group. I like them a lot. Islanders, I'll, I'll hear it. That's fine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll I think it. The I, same with, like, what's St. Louis, what's Nashville? on Sorokin? Yeah, he's got to win the Vesna. Shesterkin? No big deal. Yeah, those guys also, Vesna. But don't Pretenders. you think that, you know, how the Caps are going to suck? They're maybe transitioning into their, it's time to get Ovi, this record era of hockey? Well, Backstrom should be around. Like, he's going to be out there in the power play. He's already made an unbelievable comeback, Backstrom, oh, yeah. off of his surgery, major yeah. surgery last year. But he he's a fantastic passer. We've seen it time and time again. But there is a step that, that's been lost there. I'll say Does o- it affect Ovi? Ovi plays 66 games and scores 27 goals this year. Oh, my God. I'm saying 45. Easy. All right, and uh, that was Game Time presented by Bet365. Visit the app for the latest odds and find out why it's never ordinary to bet at uh, Bet365. Must be 19 plus, Ontario only, play responsibly. A little rusty on the read there, boys. <laughs> You're getting there, Sam. Yeah, a little rusty on the read. Stay one. Are hey, you making me take a break? We well, getting... Just one quick more thing before we go and ask both of you. What do you think Sid, like, he'll take this personally tonight? That's a great question, actually. A, a great angle is Sid Crosby being the second most impl- important player in a game tonight, which is wild. Like, he's coming into his building, you know. I feel like he could get a pretty inspired Sid tonight. All right, I want to pick up on that. Okay. Because uh, I think there's a conversation on uh, on Kyle Dubas and, and what he's done. Oh, yeah, Dubas. A very oh, is he short the general manager? period of time. He's in Pittsburgh. And how much pressure <laughs> is on him early? Dubas? Yeah. Nutty has a seven-year contract and four <laughs> titles. His feet are, he's not even going to go to the games. He doesn't own the team now, doesn't he? <laughs> All right. We'll get into that more still on the Real Kipper Inborn Show. We are back after these words. Fresh views on everything in the National Football League. It's the Fan Checkdown with Matt Marchese and Donovan Bennett. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Pretty good close-up of that jersey. There it is. Yeah. UAA Seawolves. That, I'll be honest, that's the nicest jersey. That's my favorite yeah. jersey of all time right there. You know what it also is? The cleanest jersey. I don't, I don't think I see a mark on it. <laughs> There's certainly it looks no brand new. <laughs> yeah. What does that mean, Yeah, that's my coach is what it meant. Yeah, not a whole lot of puck marks from screening goalies, I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's That's one funny. from Andy Gold 61. Oh boy. Loving the Sammy Cam. Oh. I you know it was a big debate going into today was would Sam leave the mullet for the show? <laughs> it was a hot debate. There it is. And in the end you got to be true to who you are and you're a skid. <laughs> Listen, I'm going to get a rock and a dak hat on air. I'm going to have a mullet. And I'm going to give marginal hockey takes. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> Sam Cosentino, our, our boy who's been to all the junior hockey bars, yeah, yeah. I bet he's getting paid in, in fries at the rink me. there for that hat. That's fries in the old, baby. Over the last few years, uh, on this show in particular, uh, we've questioned at times Kyle 
Dubis doubling or tripling down on the core four. Yep. To the point where I'm sure we made a lot of you sick. <laughs> but so it was a leaf show once upon a time. He gets hired by Pittsburgh. Yeah. And the first thing he does is double down on Crosby, Malkin, and Latang. Yeah. And you're thinking is having good players is good. And I don't think it's a, a huge Or making conclusion. the same mistake twice on two different organizations. There's some stubbornness in being like, hey, you know, stick with these guys. But it's the what same, are you going to do? Trade Sid? It's the same thing. Yeah. And obviously he goes into a new organization. The mandate when he gets there is help Sid win one more time. Yes, it is. Get the get the LeBron James Laker win, mm-hmm. you know, the the bubble win. He needs the one more. I just I like I'm much more bullish on this Penguins team than other other people are. You know those core players are still elite. What, what, what did Sid have for points last year? He was in ninety yeah, some. Like he was still a, a top ten, top twenty goal scorer in the or point getter in the NHL. Gensel's going to play. Malkin can still do things. Rust, Raquel. I mean, they added Riley Smith, added Eric Carlson. That was a good trade for Riley Smith they made. Yeah. It was under the radar right after they, they won the Cup. For sure. If they get some goaltending, and I like the addition of Ryan Graves too. So I like this Penguins team. You just can that old core keep it up for 100 hockey games this year. And, and Malkin was decent last year. He was, he was pretty good. I think yeah. he ended up almost a point a game. Yeah. But I, I don't know which You're... Malkin shows up still in this second year. Of, 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 of his latest contract. I think the hottest take I've ever given on radio is that peak Malkin mm. is high, as high or higher than peak Crosby or Ovechkin. No, there were those times when Sid was hurt yeah. where he was the number one dog on that team and he was unbelievable. Yeah. And like, those playoff runs where he's just out of his mind. The best of Malkin is Mario Lemieux. Yeah. He's this huge, rangy, competitive guy who, yeah, you don't get that so, very often. But the, when you do... There's a Leaf fan perspective bubbling up on this Dubis what, Pittsburgh that thing. they want to watch him fail miserably? Well, like... Oh, God, think, do they ever, I right? Think a, well, a lot of Canadian hockey fans, like myself, inherently root for Sidney Crosby. Like, I love Sidney Crosby. He's right. one of my favorite athletes of all time. I'm always rooting for them if they make the playoffs and they're not playing against the Leafs. It's something that you want them to win. And now? But now it's like, well, what the hell do you cheer for now? It's you, like, but so Dubis rooting Trump's against Dubis is why? Why but, are we rooting listen, against Dubis... Come on, because he's the nerd. Come on, dude. no, it's just analytics it's, guy. It's complicated. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it, I don't know if we've been doing a show together for three years. <laughs> we've, we've, met. we've met. It's a complicated thing, and I think a lot of Leaf fans, like I was, t- I had the locker room at hockey last night. Everybody's talking about it. Like it's a, it's a thing. Like, like people don't, so they don't you, want to root for the you Penguins for Dubis once mm-hmm. upon a time. I did. So does that? Is there a small stitch that says you're kind of cheering for him? I think as a person, like I. I will say, like, I feel like he's changed over the years. You know, like, I, it, it's... Where has he changed? Well, he, not in terms of the way he... The, the, oh, the, okay. the exit, and then he goes there and says, I'm going to hire a GM, and it's like, no, I'm the best GM. <laughs> what has changed? A level of confidence that he has yeah. now that I don't remember seeing before. But, yeah, I mean, I understand why you would yeah. want him to not have a ton of success. It's but like that was supposed yeah. to happen here. The other side of Leaf Nation is like, Praying for their success, like it's we've talked about. Well, the they're looking for validation. It's course, right, left, like red, the, blue. The quote Dubis unquote Dubis sites where it's like they loved him and they cheered for him even over the Leafs. It's it's a very yeah, it's a very political thing. What it comes down to, it is. Yeah, Carlson, one of his big moves. Yeah, goes after him right off the bat. We had talked on our show uh, 
before we took off for the summer that he wanted him here. He wanted to try to make it work. That, that always blew my mind. When you said that last year, I thought you were a crazy person. Had, well, that's what basically everyone else in the organization told Kyle, that yeah. you're crazy. Those dubas that wanted it. Yes. Yeah. And everyone's yeah. like, what are we going to do with a $10.5 million guy who doesn't defend? Have yeah. you been paying attention to what we are? <laughs> do you watch your own team? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so my question to both of you is, can this guy repeat another year that he had in San Jose, or is that just a, uh, a one-off? I wonder if there's not some desire now for Eric Carlson to be validated that he can win. Like, has he not proven enough Norris trophies and 100-point season? He has shown that he can be the most offensive di- dynamic yeah. player of this era. Yeah. When What's he, left to uh, do but uh, be on a winning team? Not to cut you off. No, but no, no. He, he's, I'm done. He has proven that when everything's centered around me. Ottawa and the end of his run at San Jose. Yeah. When it came to going in there and, and sharing it, I don't think he's as good at sharing the, the spotlight as having the spotlight. When he went to San Jose, my first gut instinct is they already have an alpha dog on that team. His name's Brent Burns, and he's pretty darn good. Mm-hmm. And he couldn't make it work. They couldn't make it work. There wasn't enough puck for both of them on that back end. And now I watch him go to Pittsburgh, and I'm watching the recreation of that with Latang. But who are the best players on that San Jose team that he joined when he would have joined? Couture, I guess. Thornton. Yeah. Pavelski was still there, was he not? All right, I'll give you Pavelski. My point with like a team like Pittsburgh, if you don't assimilate, it's Sidney Crosby's team. You're not Mm -hmm. coming in and changing the the room. You are an addendum to an already great thing. You're an add-on. I think he went to San Jose being like, ta-da, you get me. Whereas in Pittsburgh, it's like, okay, you need to fit in with Crosby and Malkin and Latang. It's been their thing. Different point they, in his career, they I guess. They have won cups. Yeah, I guess a different point in his career, but I guess he did score 100 points last year, so it's hard to say that. But Yeah, like, yeah doing his own thing. Yeah. I, listen, the years before last year where he played 82 games, he played them all. He played 50, 52, 56, 53, and then 71 the year before that. Ugh. Like that's... Hold on, hold on one sec. Do you think he's a bad room guy? I... I've heard, I, I've heard mixed things about him. Yes. I wonder if that would change then going to Pittsburgh as I punch the microphone. <laughs> Listen, uh, you know, you do make a valid point that this is, has been and will always be Sid's team. And I would think that if there's any signs of anything, that, that Sid would look after it behind closed doors that we'd, we'd never hear of. So, yeah. As long as Carlson goes in there and, and realizes that I've I got I got to make that guy happy. Yeah. That, that's my first job. Is if he's happy, then I'm happy, and then the rest of the team will be happy. How if he's many smart games enough will to Chris pick up Letang that vibe? and Carlson play together this year? I wonder. You know, like two guys who are super high ceiling guys, but very injury prone, older. Who's going to be on power play one? Do we know? Are they going to do another two D-man thing? Listen, I, I look at uh, Latang and I look at a guy like Morgan Riley, and it's like, okay, it's hey, you know, you guys push me off the side. You get your new flavor in, and it's uh, Klingberg in Toronto now that's going to be the number one PP guy. And, you know, both of those guys will probably say to themselves, I've been around long enough. I'll, I'll wait for you to come back to me. Yeah. 
I am vanilla ice cream. You will eventually come back. Go try your rum raisin and your mint chip. You so, will be back. According to Daily Faceoff, they have their power play units up here that it says that Eric Carlson's practicing on the first power play yeah. unit with Evgeny Malkin, Jake Gensel, Sidney Crosby, and Ricard Raquel. And then ah. the, second, the second one is... Crystal Kang, stop it. Riley Smith. There is no second one. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Good point. It's the 10, they're going to play 205 yeah. of every two minutes. A seven second, second yeah. unit. Yeah, uh, Jansen Harkins is on the second power play unit. You'd so think they're coming off sure the is. ice, no. those guys? No, no, no way. Not there a chance. Absolutely no way. Starting tonight. Mm-hmm. So we've started this conversation 11 times, and I'd just like to know, John yeah. Klingberg... Is a Toronto Maple Leaf. Do yeah. you like the signing? One year, $4 million. <laughs> Have we not started this conversation like yeah. 10 times? Yeah. And I've been like, die. okay, well, do yeah. you like the addition? Uh, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> Next no. conversation. All right. All right. No. Anyway. Uh, listen, uh, they want to create offense from the back end. He, he can do that. But I, from what I've seen in the last year and a half, I, I, I think he's horrible in his own zone. That's and does he offset that with a, a solid spot on the power play? And can he contribute 40 or 50 points? Uh, and a lot of it based on that power play with Marner and Matthews. There's always the possibility yeah. that he can, he can bump up his numbers. But I just I don't see uh, defending in his own zone. Yeah. You know, I, I, we're going to do our Stanley Cup picks here at some point. Yeah. You tell us when you're ready for that. But, you know, I've heard some people pick the, the Leafs. For the cup, when I look at their team, I look at right now the back end you're talking about, Klingberg being a part of that and defending. Like, how are they going to defend? McCabe wasn't a shutdown guy. You know, Lilligren's not really that. Klingberg isn't that. And then their their lines with like Tavares and Nylander and Minton and Yard. Like, I just they're going to give up a lot of shots. I think mm-hmm. this could be six five every game. They, they traded McCabe to fill in for Muzzin and be a they, shutdown they, guy. They brought yeah. him in, yeah. and you are saying. No, that's not happening. Well, you watched postseason last year where they said, we need you to be this, and it just, he, it looked like a lot for him to handle. He hey. hadn't been in a playoff game, and they were like, handle Bennett, Kachuk. He was playing with a broomstick a lot of times. Yeah. And it wasn't great. I like the player, and I think he has a chance to get better. Listen, I, I, I like at least Klimberg's on a one-year deal. I think it's, it's, a, it's still a tough number at $4.1 million. Uh, if it doesn't work out, that, yeah. that cap hit... Uh, you can unload that at the deadline if you had to, if you didn't like it. Oh, yeah, it. just ask Anaheim. They what? couldn't give him away. Okay. At the <laughs> trade deadline. <laughs> they couldn't give him away. Yeah. So He ended up in Minnesota, it's, right? It's, yeah. it's rolling the dice on a year that you're supposed to go deep in the, in the playoffs. He also hasn't played any preseason games. He played one, and then he didn't play again. For so. the record, on the upside of this, if I can just be devil's advocate, he is a guy who does a lot of the things that – Morgan Riley doesn't do on the power play. I know they were 26% of the power play. Mm-hmm. I think they can be better. I think the team thinks they can too. If he makes them a 30% power play unit, you get your money's worth, right? Like they, it's an extra handful of goals. Yeah. Eh. Well, the third last year, hey, like they're second. really good every year. <laughs> yeah, like they're really once good t- every year. Once upon a time, he was a, a really good defenseman in Dallas. Yeah. He was in the Norris convo. Right? Well, I mean, I think he was offered like seven by seven Oof. or eight by eight, or like he had a big. Close to $60 million yeah. he turned down. Oh, God. That thinking he there. could get as much as Seth Jones. That was the comparison. I, I wanted Seth Jones's contract. It's funny that his team at the time was like, they're not getting that. You know, they saw enough of his game to know that it wasn't a 
he wasn't going to age well. Yeah. He ended can, up here. Can you imagine thinking that you turned down nope. 55, 60 million dollars that yep. you will never see again? That's an oopsie. I mean, maybe if he plays really well under the lights in Toronto. That and could be one of the biggest Well, that's oopsies. probably why yeah. he's here, right? If he yeah. comes to Toronto Excels. and is he a 60-some point guy. No, he'll never get that. 60 point. ever again. But could he be Ryan Suter and, you know, show he's still good and someone gives yeah. him four by... How old is he? Five, six. No, I don't know. Let's find out. I don't think I he's just, that old. He's got to be around 31. He's, yeah, he is 31. He's 31. Okay. He's, he's a, young. Yeah. He's a, for a D-man, he's a puppy. Look at me. I'm, I'm, I just turned 35 Sammy yesterday. just turned 35, And, I, and I'm a young everyone. man. You're a child. I'm just a young man. <laughs> you are <laughs> a mullet-wearing child. <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, Vegas, having a lot of fun still. What do you mean? Oh, didn't you see the Golden Knights there on Monday, Monday Night, Night Football? Football with, uh, no, I mean, it's yeah. good. It's good, good attention. Mm-hmm. Did you did you catch uh, a good glimpse of their Stanley Cup ring? No, it's mammoth. They all just it's wearing the, the new size... sphere on their finger, the Vegas sphere. Yeah. It's the size of Sammy's head. Yeah, <laughs> the rings are not rings anymore; they're unwearable. And it, and they're they're, I think I think there's a part of it that comes now. off, doesn't it? And it, it it's the rink underneath. Have you not seen this? I'm looking it up right now. I just think it's. Really stupid that we just keep like getting bigger and bigger. What it's is like they're the just, end they're just trying, game? They're just trying to be like, yeah, yeah it's like that Key and Peele sketch. I don't know if you've ever seen it with the hats. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, it gets more and more absurd yeah. every time. It's just, I don't know, understand why. Okay, you, you can do curls with that ring. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah, but they were on Monday Night Football. Good promo. Jack Eichel, maybe not the, uh, you know, media superstar in those environments, but good. Peyton Manning and Eli Manning have drank out of the Stanley Cup. I you need last your time. thoughts. And uh, I'm, a, I'm a Rasmus Darlene fan. Yes. But I'm not a, an $11 million a year fan. I am. I is way too much. I love, I think he's a good be a Norris Trophy winner. Okay. All right. Multiple, but, but, he was in but, the conversation listen, last year and he's like that, that's 22 fine. or something. That's fine, but you still didn't have to give him 11. Why, why not nine and a half? I, I think you're right. I think the idea with these deals is that you avoid giving a guy a huge contract. It is a pretty huge contract. Will 11 not end up looking good when the cap in three or four years is at $100 million and he's making yeah. 10% of it? I mean, that's we've been having that same conversation here for... Well, provided we don't have another pandemic, we'll get there. Right. I'll, I'll believe it goes up when I see it. Okay, they're it's like, just, it's going up a buck I, I, this I, year. I, yeah. I just think that they should have made him work a lot harder to get 11. Like, nine and a half. Like, to me, nine and a half, you could have gotten away. If and I'm what, him, what, I'm like, Seth Jones got that. We just talked about him four years ago. I'm... My, I've already had better years like, than he ever had. Yeah. When last year, 70 plus points? He's really good. Okay. He had an excellent year. All right. So yeah. maybe just see it one more time? Yeah. Maybe? I, that's all. I think that's a fair that's point. That's all. Yeah. And it, it, it what are you going to give him if he's great it, again? It does, 12? Believe it or not, like this, to me, this signing is no different than they, what they did with Jack Eichel. They gave him 10. And it's like, mm. oh, why 10? Struggling teams, the second they get a good player, right? love to give them a massive deal. And then you got yeah. Owen Power, who may be better than him. Yeah, Owen Power saw that contract and went, oh, really? Nine and a half <laughs> keeps Owen Powell, Power at, at, at nine and a half or 10. But now if, if, if he turns out to be better than him, yeah, that, that number goes north of uh, 11. Yeah. It's a good it, point. It, but yeah. it, it just, to me, uh, it, it, it 
certainly resets the whole market in general. This is about the new money coming in. Lots of talk about the cap going up in a few years, despite maybe having some challenges with regional television cable yeah. deals and bio steel, uh, you know, running out of money. Yeah. But apparently the cap's like everybody's picking on new money right now. Yeah. And you don't think Willie Nylander is sitting there going, a new market. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know what? Go light it up for the docks, Willie. Like, you know, it's... <laughs> Sammy. Yeah, come on. Sammy. Yeah, okay, like, whatever. You're going to have to pay gonna, that guy. Yeah, okay. There's Even with his flaws. Enjoy San Jose, young William. But oh, and he will. I know. That, that number has gone up since 24 hours ago. Before you this think, show so ends, think I need Matt? to get in yeah, okay. one thing. What's that? Yeah. Do I think what? No, go ahead. What are you going to say? I just want to get in that um, the NHL is not allowing players to use pride tape this year. Yeah. Yeah, real, uh, and, and we've already heard comments from Stupid. Morgan and... Uh, Connor McDavid Connor spoke McDavid. on it. Zach Hyman speaking out. It's just, I understand that you didn't want to force people to do a certain thing, but then to take away the opportunity to express yourself, yeah. isn't that... It's just so uh, and, and if hypocritical they, and stupid. If, if they do, like, who's what, what are you going to do? Well, yeah, you're right. You're going to find them for yeah. standing up for people. You know, I will say this to the Morgan Rileys and the... Aust- uh, and the Connor uh, McDavid's of the world. You got an NHL Players Association. Yeah. Last yeah. time I checked, they had a pretty strong stance on coaches going through your phone. Yeah. Let's hey, go to your Players Association and, and, and ask them what they think of it. Steve Marty yeah. Walsh will go to bat for you. Yeah. Good point. All right. Just like that, I hear music. We did it. We did it. Go one in the books, boys. Oh, we have to do more of these? Apparently. Oh. I'm even more exhausted now. <laughs> I'm going to take tomorrow off. Do you guys mind? <laughs> Sammy and I got it. We're fine. All right. I hope everybody had a good time. A quick two hours for us. Big night on the network with NHL hockey. we got Thunder Bedard at 8 p.m. Eastern tonight, and we've got a game already in progress Nikita right now. Nikita Kucherov scored the first goal of the NHL season. Thanks for go. joining us here on the Real Kipper and Born Show. We'll see you tomorrow.